What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. My name is Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show. And on today's show, we're going to get you kick-started for week five of Big Ten football. We got seven games. Two of them are non-conference. Five of them are Big Ten on Big Ten battles. We're going to talk about all of them. I'm going to give you guys all the stats all the pregame stuff that you need to know heading into this weekend. Before we do that, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe. I still have that goal of 100 subscribers before the end of football season. Would love to hit that. If you're just listening to the podcast, I appreciate you as well. Go ahead and give it five stars. Anything less than that, then it makes me cry before I go to bed at night. So just five stars only. If you don't think I deserve five, then just leave it alone. Just keep listening. I'm really excited to talk about all these games Um, not going to talk about the gambling lines, just like we do every week. We're going to do bet big on Friday with bet big Brad and B one G Wilson that comes out on Friday morning. Uh, so definitely check that out before you put any bets in this weekend. All right, let's talk about what's going on this week. First of all, we got two teams that are on by weeks, starting with Ohio state coming off that big win at Notre Dame. They've earned a week off. They just beat a top 10 team on the road. So, hey, they get to rest this week. Next week, they have Maryland coming to town. That's going to be a great matchup. I was on, uh, what was it called? The Big Ten Huddle, and I predicted that Maryland was going to win that game. Am I going to stick by that by next week? You'll have to stick around and find out. Um, Also on by this week, we have Wisconsin. They're playing Rutgers next week, so they get an extra week to prepare for them. And they're going to need it because their backfield is a little banged up. Ches Malusi, I, I said a little banged up. He's out for the year now. And I think his football career is over as well because he was a fifth-year senior. And I'm not sure that he had plans of playing professional football. But um, if he did, he's going to have to get healthy first. So that's really tough for the Badgers. I hate to see that. But they still have Braylon Allen. Um, and like I said, they get an extra week to prepare for Rutgers. What's going on this week, though? Let's start with the noon games. Penn State, number six in the country. They're traveling down to Northwestern, a Northwestern team who I saw this stat on Twitter and then I couldn't find it right before I started recording. I I swear somebody said that Northwestern won their first two games at home for the first time since like it was either 1947 or 1923, whatever it was. It's been a long ass time. I don't I don't remember the exact year. Wish I could have found the tweet, but I couldn't. Um, they're 2-0 and at home, but they're 0-2 on the road. I think that they're going to get their first home loss this weekend, unfortunately. Penn State, just dominant this year. They've been kicking everyone's ass. They beat West Virginia bad. Um, they beat Illinois bad. Who did they play last week? They embarrassed Iowa. I mean, the stats from that game were just insane. Go back and check out my wrapped episode if you want to hear some of that. Um I think this is going to be ugly. I think Penn State's going to win this game big. Here's why. You compare the two defenses, and I, really, I know I understand this. People are thinking, it's Penn State Northwestern? Of course Penn State's going to win the game. Why are you even talking about this? Well, it's still a Big Ten game. We've still been waiting for football all offseason, and it's here now, and it's just week five. I'm still excited about these games, so I want to talk about them. I want to, I want to dig deep on these things, man. Uh, Penn State just found this out. Uh, yesterday, they have the number one ranked defense in the United States of America, which is the only place that they're allowing rankings to be taking place. 
I don't think there's any other college teams outside of the United States that they're adding to these rankings. But uh, nonetheless, they're the number one defense in the land. They've only given up five touchdowns this year. That's in four games. Um, I get it. It was against, uh, like I said, the best two teams they played were West Virginia and I guess Iowa. I'm not sure if you say Illinois or Iowa. I'm not sure who's better in that out of those two. Only giving up five touchdowns. They're giving up uh, 219 yards per game. That's really good. 219 yards a game. That's pretty damn good. Um, especially, like I said, for the teams that they've played, you'd expect that number to be higher, but it's not. Defense has been suffocating. On the other side of the ball, Northwestern's defense, 372 yards a game. Yikes. That's a lot. And they've also allowed 13 touchdowns so far in four games against teams like UTEP, Rutgers, Minnesota. That's a lot of touchdowns given up against those types of teams. Um, They're ranked 11th in the Big Ten. Like I said, Penn State number one in the country. Not only the Big Ten. That's just a mismatch that is going to... uh, It's going to allow Penn State to pretty much walk through this game, I'm assuming. They're favored by a ton. um, And I don't think it's going to be very close. You look at the game that Northwestern had last week. It looked like it was getting ugly against Minnesota. They were down 21 in the fourth quarter. In fact, they needed... One of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen. And they needed to win in overtime against Minnesota. Penn State is not Minnesota. That is not who's coming to town. If Penn State has a 21-point lead at any point in this game, it's going to be over. I don't think Northwestern can score 21. So if they're up by 21 at any point, I don't think that Northwestern is going to be able to come back. And I think that that's fairly obvious at this point in the year. I think Penn State wins big. I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. I think they're a top three team in the country so far this year. All right. Also, at noon, by the way, that game was on. I forgot to mention this. I'm going to do all the TV times and everything. That was at noon on Big Ten Network. Also at noon, also on the Big Ten Network, you have Louisiana coming to Minnesota. Like I just talked about with Minnesota, they're coming off that tough loss at Northwestern last week, so they need a bounce-back win and they're looking for it against Louisiana. Is this a Louisiana team that they can just go in and beat? Absolutely not. They're from the Sun Belt. Three and one so far. Here's who they've played. Northwestern State, Old Dominion, UAB, and Buffalo. They've only lost one game, like I said, and that was to Old Dominion. It was 38-31. to They have the 19th ranked offense in college football at this moment. Now, That's a little skewed because of the four teams that I just listed, Northwestern State, Old Dominion, UAB, and Buffalo, but they're scoring big in every single one of those games, 38, 31, 41, and 45 in those four games. So their offense is not to be trifled with, and Minnesota's defense is going to have to play really well. They're going to have to get enough stops in this game because their offense is not nearly as potent as what Louisiana's even been this year. So they're going to have to get a ton of stops. I think the defense is going to have to win this game for Minnesota against a pretty good Louisiana offense. Like I said, competition hasn't been great. Listen, I was told Buffalo was good. I was told Buffalo was pretty good when Wisconsin played them and won 38-17. to This Louisiana team 
this Louisiana team that's playing Minnesota scored more than Wisconsin scored against Buffalo. They scored 45. Now, they gave up more, too. They let up 38 points in that game, but they still scored more offensively than Wisconsin did against Buffalo. If you're looking for common opponents, there's one right there. Um, for Minnesota, I need to know what's going on with uh, Darius Taylor. He got hurt at the end of the Northwestern game last week. And uh, if you follow Minnesota close enough, I, I like to think I follow it kind of close. P.J. Fleck is not a guy that's going to give you any sort of information going into a game. He's not going to give Louisiana the information. And uh, that means that he's not giving media the information. I've heard nothing about Darius Taylor's injury. I hope that he's good to go for this game. We're not going to find out until closer to the game. It's Tuesday right now when I'm recording. So I, I scoured. I couldn't find anything about Darius Taylor. And I don't think we're going to hear anything until Saturday, to be honest. Or maybe Friday night, whenever they have to release the uh, injury report. Um, he was quoted after the Northwestern game. They, he was asked about the Darius Taylor injury. And he said, um, next man up, if that's where it gets to. I think he's hopeful that that's not where it is going to get to and Darius Taylor is going to be okay. But if it, if he isn't, is it Bryce Williams? Is it Sean Tyler? Where did he go? That guy's been gone. I don't know where he's been. Uh, he's supposed to be the main guy this year, and I can't find him when uh, Minnesota's playing. So uh, that's what I'm looking out for. The, the, the two keys to the game, like I said, are can Minnesota get enough stops against Louisiana? Pretty good offense. And are they going to be able to run the ball and who's running the ball for their offense? That's what I'm looking for going into this game. I think this is going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a close one. Minnesota only plays close games so far. I mean, have they had a blowout yet? I'm going to pull up their schedule real quick. Have they blown anybody out? I know they played Nebraska. That wasn't a blowout. It was a win, but it wasn't a blowout. They lost last week in overtime, so that definitely wasn't a blowout. I guess Eastern Michigan, that's right. That was the uh, 25 to 6 win. A 19 point win was their biggest blowout. So I think I think Louisiana is going to keep it way closer than that. If they do lose, I think it's going to be within 10. That's going to be my prediction. And then obviously I'm looking at the North Carolina game too. That was kind of a blowout, but it went the other way. All right. So that was Minnesota and Louisiana. I'm actually really excited about that game. As far as the noon games, those are the only two. I think I'm more excited about that one because I don't think the Penn State Northwestern game is going to be that close. Going to uh, 3.30. Going to the 3.30 game. Um, we have Illinois at Purdue. Man, listen, I don't know. Well, I have no clue what we're getting out of these teams. Still, Purdue is the biggest question mark of all. Them in Wisconsin, like, and I think Wisconsin kind of proved what they're going to be last week when they played Purdue. Uh, like I said, this game's 3.30 on uh, Peacock. So you're going to have to get on the cock if you want to watch this game. My gut is telling me that Purdue is going to win this game. And I have no reason, I have no evidence to provide you to tell you why I think that. There's nothing that indicates that Purdue is a better team than Illinois. On the flip side, though, I can't confidently say that Illinois is going to win this game because... There's no evidence that they're going to be any good against Purdue. This is just going to be a weird matchup. Who's going to play better? And more importantly, who's going to turn it over? The last two games for both of these teams, let's start with Purdue. Three turnovers against Wisconsin, four turnovers against Syracuse. Illinois, 
two turnovers against FAU, five turnovers against Penn State. Who's going to turn the ball over the least amount of times is probably going to win this game is my prediction. You look at those four games that I just listed, the only win out of those four was Illinois versus FAU, and they only had two turnovers. That was the least amount of turnovers of the four games I just listed. So, And it was also FAU, so that you should be winning that game anyways if you're Illinois, which, I mean, they barely did. Um, the other thing that I'm interested in is the, is the quarterback battle, obviously. The two guys that transferred in with really high expectations, I think, for each of these schools was uh, Luke Altmeyer and uh, Hudson Card. And uh, just based on what I've seen so far this year, I know that Luke has been doing a lot with his feet. He's been uh, rushing the ball really well, and I think that he'll rush the ball just fine in this game as well. But um, just based on what I've seen so far, I lean Hudson Card with the quarterback advantage. And again, it's not a it's not a far lean. I'm leaning like just barely to the side on that. Um, but like I said, I think the two keys for this game are the turnovers, who's going to turn it over the least amount of times, and then uh, the quarterback play. And I think those kind of go hand in hand. Which of the quarterbacks is going to hang on to the ball and not fumble it or throw interceptions? Because most of those turnovers that I just listed out of their last two games, respectively, were from the quarterback position. So the quarterback needs to hang out of the ball and needs to play well. And whichever one does that is going to win this game. It's really a toss up. But like I said, I'm barely leaning to Purdue side, maybe because it's at Purdue. Maybe that has a little bit of an advantage as well. All right. Moving on to the other 330 game. This one's on uh, Big Ten Network. So you're going to be locked into Big Ten Network a lot this weekend. It's Indiana at Maryland. Um, Maryland's going to be too much to handle for Indiana. I understand what I've seen from Indiana's defense this year has been serviceable. Um, they looked really, really good against Ohio State in that first game. I mean, because you say really good, or I say really good, because it's Ohio State. And you were expecting just massive amounts of points in that game. But that was an Ohio State offense that really hadn't figured things out quite yet. It was week one, and they were still trying to, you know, get some things together. and They just weren't clicking at that point. I think that Maryland's offense in week five, I, I think that Maryland's offense in week five is actually better than what Ohio State's offense was in week one. I don't think that Maryland's offense in week five is better than Ohio State's offense in week five. But I think if you just compare those two, what Ohio State was doing in week one and what Maryland's doing at this moment, I think this is the best offense that Indiana has seen yet this year. Um, I didn't think Maryland played their A game last week. They, they really weren't that sharp last week against Michigan State because they didn't have to be, and they still put up 31 points on the road. They're back at home this week against Indiana. I think it could be... <sighs> I think Indiana's defense is a little bit better than Michigan State's, but just coming back at home and like another week of practice, like it's just starting to click for Maryland. Inferior opponent, I think they could put up 40 this week. Easily, I think they could put up 40. Um, as far as who's going to win the game, I think it's been pretty obvious which way I'm going on this one. It boils down to this for me, though. Last week, Indiana which if you're on Twitter, you've already seen this multiple times, but 
Indiana celebrating in the locker room after an overtime victory against Akron. An Akron team who I came on this podcast and said was one of the worst MAC teams this year. So a low-level MAC team took you to overtime at home. Um, what is Maryland going to do to you when you're on the road? I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to be bad. Um, here's where another big disadvantage is for Indiana. It's in the run game. Maryland's offense is. Did I write this down? I was speaking out of turn. Maybe IU. Let me let me start with Indiana because I'm I kind of messed up my notes here. Indiana is ranked 103rd in rush defense. Okay, 103rd in rush defense. So Maryland should look at that and say, hey, we're going to run the ball all over them. On the flip side of the ball, Indiana is ranked 114th in rush offense. So to me, the biggest advantage in this game is, is Maryland going to say, hey, we can run the ball on these guys, so we're going to the whole game and we're just going to pound it? Or are they going to say, we still want Leah to throw it and we're going to throw it all over the field on them and try to? Because their pass defense is actually way better than their rush defense. So It'll come down to that, but I think that Maryland's... I just think that they got too many guys. I think they're way too much. They're just going to be too much to handle for Indiana, especially on the road. Um, Jalen Lucas for Indiana. He's their leading rusher this year. Talking about this rushing advantage that Maryland has. He has 184 yards rushing. That's not good after four games. That's not great. That your leading rusher has less than 200 yards rushing um, on the season after four games. So to me, the only way that Indiana could win this game is if Taven Jackson is perfect and he has to do it passing the whole game. They're not going to be able to run the ball on Maryland. Maryland's defense is too good. So he's, and, and I think they're going to be behind as well. So Taven Jackson is going to have to get back there, hopefully get some time to actually throw the ball. If you're an Indiana fan, hopefully. And, um, like I said, he's going to have to be perfect. He's going to have to make every throw and, uh, you know, just lead drives down the field on Maryland, which I don't think he's going to be able to do, unfortunately. I think Maryland wins this game big. All right, Michigan versus Nebraska. Michigan going on the road for the first time. It's at 3.30. It's on Fox. Nebraska, talking about ranked things. I talked a lot about ranked things this podcast, but some of these numbers were starting to pop out to me after four games. Nebraska, talk about rush defense, too. Second-ranked rush defense in the country. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize their defense was that impressive when it comes to stopping the run. Now, I remember the Minnesota game, and I remember the Colorado game where they were kind of stuffing it every time they handed the ball off to a running back, but I didn't know it was second in the country good. Um, like I said, really impressive in those two games, but Michigan has the best rushing attack that they've seen so far. This is not Colorado's running back. This is not uh, Minnesota's running backs that they used in that game. Um, this is Blake Corum now. So are you going to be able to stop him against that huge offensive line that Michigan has? I think that uh, after this weekend, Nebraska will be no longer ranked second in rush defense because I think Michigan is a little too stuck in their ways, to be honest. The advantage in this game for Michigan is through the air. It's through the air. It's to give J.J. a chance to cook, if you will. He is leading the country in completion percentage at this moment. I know he had a tough game uh, against the, who was the MAC opponent that they just played? 
I can't even think of who it was at this point. It wasn't Ohio. I can't remember. I know he had three interceptions in that game, um, but he's still the most efficient passer in the Big Ten right now as far as completion percentage. So that's where the big advantage for Michigan is. It's through the air. But I say they're stuck in their ways because they're still going to come in this game and say, we can run the ball on Nebraska. Doesn't matter to us. We're Michigan. We can do that. That's what they're going to say. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested to see kind of their game plan going into this game because, like I said, it should be a, an aerial attack um, from the Wolverines, and I don't think it will be. But I still think that they're going to win big, uh, even though this one is on the road for the first time for the Wolverines. All right, two more games. Last one at 3.30. This one's also back on Big Ten Network. We have Wagner uh, coming to Rutgers. There's not a lot to say about this game. Wagner has beaten Sacred Heart and Mary Mac so far. Um, they've lost to Navy and Fordham. That's who they've lost to so far. Rutgers just coming back after that loss to Michigan last week. Um, kind of a game for them to bounce back, really. Coming back home, playing a team that they should beat pretty easily. Um, and the game plan should be kind of the opposite of what I just said for Michigan. They should be trying to pound the ball this game. Uh, Manungai has to be the guy. Feed him the ball. Let him go crazy in this game, and I think that he should. I don't think Gavin Wimsat should have to do very much in this game. I don't think that they're going to be behind the sticks very often because I think that the rushing attack is going to be so uh, potent against Wagner. And uh, if you're the Rutgers defense, just looking at what Wagner's done this year so far, you should be trying to hold them under 10 points. In the two losses that uh, Wagner's had, it was against Navy and Fordham. Uh, Navy shut them out. So if you're Rutgers, you kind of want to look at that game and say, hey, we can do that too. And then Fordham, um, they held them to 16 points. So I think a good goal for Nor uh, Northwestern, for Rutgers, would be to hold Wagner under 10 points. And I think that uh, that's something that, because I think that they're going to win the game so easily. So you got to give the defense like something to work for. Um, I remember, I, I mean, I, I know I was coaching middle school, but I remember in games like this when we were coaching, we would tell the guys that they should try to get a shutout or they should try to hold them to less than a touchdown or one touchdown and that's it in a game that you you sh positively should win. And I think that that's what uh, Rutgers defensive coordinator and their defense should uh, aspire to do this weekend. All right, last game of the weekend. It is my game of the week. It is the uh, Sickos community. If you're following them on Twitter, it's got to be their game of the week, right? Especially if they're looking at the Big Ten. We have Michigan State going to Iowa. Um, man, the Iowa offense, I talked about it on the wrapped episode, just so bad. So bad against Penn State. And uh, honestly, I don't think it's going to get much better. And the reason why I say that is because I pulled this clip from uh, the Brian Ferentz uh, press conference that he had. I think it was either this morning or last night. And um, it just doesn't give me a lot of confidence for what's happening in Iowa. It just doesn't. I'm going to play this clip, and I I'm going to preface it by saying I'm not trying to pile on Iowa fans or I'm not trying to pile on Brian Ferentz because I think that that's been happening enough on social media, and it's been happening enough from the fan base and, uh, you know, I just, I don't want to be that guy that piles on, but this just, this just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Let me play this clip for you guys real quick. Hopefully it plays correctly. 
a little correction here. This clip was actually from April 20th of this year. I saw it on Twitter this morning and I thought it was from a recent press conference, but it's actually from earlier in the year. But I think that my point still stands. Does this offense need to change significantly philosophy and everything, or do you just have to do better what you guys have been doing for years? Yeah. Have you ever heard that talk from me? No, no. Yeah. More from us. So, look, I'm going to approach my job the same way I've I've approached it for the last 11 seasons. Uh, My job is to help us win football games. You know, we we have a tried and true method. We know how we win. We know who we are. Uh, My job is to make sure we play to those strengths. And then on Saturdays, we're winning games, not losing them. Um, How's that working out for you? Uh, According to the NCAA's website, they're 129th out of 130 teams listed in total offense. Yikes. You're the worst offense in college football. Almost. Almost. I don't know if I still have it pulled up. Who's behind them? Eastern Michigan is behind you. You're almost the worst offense in all of college football right now. Um. I mean, you're not going to change your approach. Okay, 245 yards per game, nine total touchdowns in four games. And this is the stat that, you know, everyone's kind of beaten to death at this point. 14 receptions by Iowa wide receivers. Now, they obviously have more than 14 receptions. They throw it to the running back. And then uh, Luke Lachey, who's gone now, they've thrown it to him quite a bit. But from your wide receiver position, 14 receptions, I mean, I just don't understand the gull that he has to get up there and say, we're not going to change anything. We're just going to get better. How? What are you going to, are you going to practice harder? I don't really get it. I really don't understand because something has got to change. And I think if you're an Iowa fan, (laughs) you know what needs to change. And I think it's got to be him. Um, Listen, far be it for me to talk about another man's job. I wish him all the best. I hope. I think he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is a nice guy if I got to know him. But um, I just think that it's interesting that he can get up in front of the media and say, yeah, we're not changing anything. Yeah, we're going to be okay with going to Penn State and scoring zero points, getting two first downs, uh, 49 yards passing, whatever it was. I, I don't understand that, man. I, I think the philosophy does have to change a little bit. Um, speaking of Iowa, the injuries are uh, something that, are of concern going into this game. Is Cade okay? Is he all right? I mean, I've heard a little bit of talk about his injuries, but I can't find anything about, um, you know, any substantial things that are going to keep him out of a game or any reasons why he can't perform at this point. I mean, he's a Big Ten championship winning quarterback. If he's not hurt, why is he not performing? Um, and then this is another thing that I scoured the internet for before I started recording. I don't have an update on Jazz Patterson or Caleb Johnson. I don't know what's going on with them. I would hope, if you're an Iowa fan, you should hope that at least one of them is back for this game. Otherwise, it's all on LaShawn uh, to kind of carry the ball once again this week. For Michigan State, let's flip and talk about them uh, a little bit before we go too crazy on Iowa. Um, as from their fan base, they also want changes, but they, they don't want any coaches to change because that's already happened for them once this year. They want the quarterback position to switch. Most of the people that I follow on uh, Twitter, some of the podcasts that I've listened to that have Michigan State stuff in them, they want Katen Hauser to be the quarterback. They want Noah Kim to be out. 
Um, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make for them. To me, and they just need to get more stops defensively, and they just have so much going on. I was listening to one show that said that today, actually the day that I'm recording, I should be checking this on Twitter as the day goes on, but I think today is the day that they're supposed to officially fire Mel Tucker, which means that it's also the day that some players can start entering the transfer portal. Now, if that happens this week, what a major distraction that that's going to be. If some of your buddies are just in the transfer portal and then they're going to play Iowa, that's going to be, that's really bad. I mean, talk about a train wreck team. Um, Here's what I think Michigan State should do. First of all, uh, Carter's got to have a huge game rushing the ball. I don't know if he can against the Iowa defense, but he's got to have a big game rushing the ball. And, uh, you know, Iowa's supposed to win this game. Even though they have one of the worst offenses in all of college football, they're still supposed to win this game because they're playing Michigan State and they're at home. How does Michigan State flip that? How do they win this game? I think, and this is just my opinion, I think they should try to go toe-to-toe with Iowa and use their philosophy against them. Slow it down, run the ball a bunch, and try to get stops on defense, maybe play a field position game with them because their offense isn't good either. It's just a battle of like, it's just a battle of a lot of mediocre college football. And uh, you know what? I'm super excited to see it. I'm super excited to see it. I don't think Iowa's going to score much in this game. The, I mean, like I just said about their offense, obviously I don't think that they're going to score much. The only game that they've really been impressive scoring wise was the Western Michigan game. And that was all in the second half. In the first half, it looked like they were going to lose the game. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know who's gonna, this is like just the biggest coin flip. I don't know what Michigan state team's going to show up and I don't know what Iowa offense is going to show up. I have a pretty good idea on both of them. I think it's going to be a bad Michigan state team and I think it's going to be a bad Iowa offense. So it's really interesting to think about who you think is going to win this game. Iowa's favored. I don't know if they should be, but, uh, it's just very interesting. I'm excited about this game. Excited about this week. What a great week it's going to be. I hope you guys are as excited as I am. Like I said, if you're following along on YouTube, please give me a subscribe. If you're listening on a podcast app, I appreciate every single one of the downloads that I get when I check my little stats that I have each week. Um, Appreciate all of you. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget to tune in on Friday. Before you get on that sports book, listen to us. But don't listen to us. It's just for entertainment purposes. But listen to what we have to say about these lines, these over-unders that are coming out for all seven of these games this week. Um, Thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys all in the future.